Hi, I'm Thomas. Welcome to the Parachute Advice Podcast. My life has taken a lot of twists and turns, and on this podcast, I will dive into those experiences. The goal is to help everyone listening learn from my experiences and hopefully avoid some of the mistakes I've made. Welcome to today's episode of the Parachute Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas. We left off in episode two, talking about my simple diet plan I use, built around counting calories and keeping my daily calories consumed below the target from my Fitness Pal app. What do you need to do this? Well, I'll keep it nice and affordable and simple. My Fitness Pal on either a computer or compatible smartphone. I use the free version to track my weight and food. There is a paid version, which I've never used. For the first 12 months, this was my only tool for calculating calorie needs and for tracking calories consumed. You also need a good food scale, bathroom scale, heat-proof measuring cups, and measuring spoons. In future episodes, I will get into how to portion meals and meal prep in greater detail, but for now, I will stick to the introductory basics. I do 95% of my measuring using the food scale in grams to understand just how much I'm consuming. Grams are nice because they are more precise and every package gives you the serving size in grams. I won't sugarcoat it. In the beginning, this will be a complete pain, but trust me, it gets easier as you go. Now it has just become intuitive and part of my cooking routine. I also have gotten much better at estimating food volume when I'm out with friends because of this. Measuring a cup of rice or 100 grams of chicken enough times, you will just start knowing how much food that is when it's served to you. I know you are wondering, yes, when I started tracking, I tracked everything. If it goes in my body, I logged it. I have now begun to give myself some quote freebie foods in the form of flavorings and condiments. Otherwise, I track everything. The handful of freebie foods I have was only because I keep my calories each day well below the daily target, and if at any point I hit an extended plateau, I would go back to logging everything to make sure things had not crept up. For example, I rarely log that I put a serving of mustard on my sandwich or a slice of tomato and lettuce, but if a plateau starts for an extended period of time, I would log the mustard, tomato, and lettuce too. Plateaus will happen and can be caused by a lot of things. I speak about this a lot more in depth in future episodes. I can say it was one of the hardest parts of this whole process. As I said, the freebies include primarily condiments, items like hot sauce, mustard, furikake, Japanese rice seasoning, one of my favorites, as well as my own homemade hot chili oil. If you can consume it, it likely has some calories in it. This is not to say it is a lot, but no food is a freebie if the quantity is large enough. This is a personal pet peeve of mine. I'd also warn you to always watch what a serving is. Sometimes two items will have different calorie amounts simply by altering the portion size. Low calorie bread is a great example I noticed recently. One will be 35 calories a slice and another will be 40, but that's because there's a few grams more per slice in the 40 calorie bread. Another great example here is cooking spray. Used correctly, it has very little impact on your daily calories. As a result, the package says zero calories. According to the FDA document, CFR, Code of Federal Regulations, Title 21, if the food contains less than five calories per reference amount customarily consumed and per labeled serving, it can be labeled calorie-free. I am a nerd and did the math. A lot of cooking sprays are four to five calories per spray. First, what the hell's a spray? Second, spray enough and this becomes the same as pouring oil in the pan. This is where the food scale comes in. It's easy to overfill a tablespoon with peanut butter or popcorn kernels, but if you weigh it by the gram, you will see exactly what you are eating. As I mentioned earlier, nothing was off limits. I just had to log it in my daily calories. 
It was amazing how quickly foods I once loved became less desirable. Did I miss them at times? Yes. Do I add them in and make them fit? Of course. But truth be told, each day I miss them less and less. For example, I've not had fast food from a major chain in over two years. We have a local custard chain here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin that I've gone to a few times. But even that, I've not been to in close to 12 months. I can count on one hand the number of times I've had pizza. Usually I make items like that part of a special occasion when I choose to deviate from my daily calorie target. I hope everyone caught what I just said. My planned deviation from daily calorie target. I do not do cheat days, cheat meals, or quote diet breaks. Everything is planned and tracked. My current daily calorie goal is 1,820, and I just spent a weekend at a friend's house. We are both huge foodies and would be doing a lot of cooking and eating. What did I do? I logged as much as I could, and then to acknowledge that I would be eating well above my daily calorie goal, I used the app's quick calorie add feature and set the total for the day at 3,500 calories consumed. Did this blow my weekly goal out of the water? Of course it did. But it was my way of acknowledging what I had consumed and holding myself accountable. On Monday, I got back to the plan and ultimately my weight held stable for the week and dropped in the long term. I do this very rarely. I would say a few times a year at most. This is the same way I handle some holidays. Others, where I can control the meal by cooking, I will log every little detail. I'll warn you, after a weekend like the one I mentioned, your weight will go up. But this is primarily water weight and the actual physical weight of the food you consumed. My weight jumped five pounds that Monday. If I had actually gained that, it would mean I had consumed and processed into fat 17,500 calories. This is not to say I didn't try to, but I know I did not eat that much in one day. Think about this. A light beer like Miller Lite has 98 calories in it. If you were to drink four of those and then go weigh yourself, your weight would go up by three pounds. Why? Because you have physically put the equivalent of 48 ounces or three pounds in your stomach by weight. But from a calories point of view, you've consumed two tenths of a pound at best. So again, track what you eat, read the nutrition labels, and understand where you can avoid unnecessary calories. Start simple by just tracking what you eat and eliminate empty calories. Everyone says don't drink your calories, but this is so true, whether it's a soda or alcohol. It's very easy to overconsume liquid calories. Another thing, and one I loved, is gas station snacks. You know how easy it is to eat my day's worth of calories while driving home from the gas station if you get some delicious salty treats like combos or pork rinds, both of which I'd kill for just talking about them. As Ethan Suplee of the American Glutton Podcast likes to say, we now live in a world where you can go into any convenience store and get 10,000 calories for a few dollars. We don't have to work for our calories to fuel our bodies like our ancestors had to. Let's get into some high-level details and examples. First off, let me walk everyone through what I eat an average day. I skip breakfast every day. I do this for two reasons. I've never been a big fan of it, and second, it frees up calories for the rest of the day. I do drink black coffee, and a lot of it, all day. That helps satisfy me till lunch. Most days I eat lunch between 11 and 12. My lunches usually average 400 calories and include a leftover item from my Sunday dinner, low-calorie string cheese, pickles, a no-sugar-added applesauce, and a sugar-free jello cup. Sunday dinner being used for my weekly lunches is how I prepare meals for the work week. I don't mind and frankly enjoy taking leftovers to work each day for lunch and don't get too bored with the same thing every day for lunch. I use the recipe feature almost every Sunday in my fitness pal and usually make a stew, soup, or casserole and enter the ingredients into that feature 
and calculate servings based on one cup. When dinner is ready, I measure out the number of cups and get a per serving calorie amount. The initial pass is an estimate until I finish and portion out dinner, but I can get pretty close most days. For example, if I add four cups of dry rice in the pot with eight cups of liquid and two cups of frozen vegetables, one can make the estimation you will have 12 to 14 one cup servings when you're done. I usually shoot to get my servings to about 200 calories per cup so dinner can be two to three cups and then each lunch will be one to one and a half cups. During the work week, dinner is different every day, but I usually keep plenty of low calorie items around the house that I can mix and match to make a dinner. My dinner is usually six to 800 calories and includes a low fat protein, starch, and a vegetable. For example, I might make a giant egg white omelet using egg beaters, frozen vegetables, frozen hash browns, fat free cheese, and maybe some leftover items I need to use up. I may make a stir fry again with a low fat protein like frozen chicken breasts, frozen vegetable mix, and maybe some rice or noodles. After dinner, I'll have a snack usually before 8 or 9 at night, like a 90-calorie sugar-free popsicle or a Halo Top bar. Then I'll have something salty like pickles or seaweed snacks. This will put me right around 11 to 1,300 calories for the day. Again, I cannot say this enough. Measure and weigh everything. It's too easy to try and estimate portions and blow your daily goal out of the water. A great example of why you should weigh your food is popcorn and an air popper. The package says 2 tablespoons of kernels, is 110 calories. When I weigh it by the gram, I find out those two tablespoons I measured out are actually two full servings because they were mounded. Think about that. Your snack just went from 110 calories to 220 calories simply by measuring wrong. Also watch when comparing items at the store for the weight gain. Like the previous example about low calorie bread, two items will have different calories, but it's not because one is lower in calorie than the other. It's because they changed the portion size. Next, let's talk about weight tracking. As for weight, I chose to do a daily weight first thing in the morning and track it no matter the number. But if this is something that will bother you, feel free to do it weekly. You can even use another method as long as it holds you accountable. I know someone who had the goal of losing several inches off his waist, so he put a string around his waist, cut it to length, and then marked off inches. So every morning he could wrap that around his waist in the morning to see the change over time. When I really noticed my weight loss, it was not the scale but when my pants started to be too loose and when I had to pull my belt a notch further and then again and again until one day I needed to buy a whole new belt. Back to my desire to weigh myself every day. For me, it was about data. I'm a total nerd about stuff like that. But I've talked with people who find it tough to see the daily fluctuations in their weight. If that is you, skip the daily weigh-in. Instead, do it weekly. Just pick a day and a time and be consistent. For example, if you weigh yourself after a workout where you drank a lot of water, this might change your weight. It's just from the amount of water you drank, or maybe the amount of sweating you did. It's not to say it's bad, just understand these things impact your weight, and if you are looking to lose a pound a week, 32 ounces of water could drastically change your weigh-in. As for logging it, I again am a data nerd, so I put my weight in Google Sheets file every day and graph the results. I track my daily weight plus a rolling 5-day average. I'll share a link to a template you can use to do this. There's also apps like MyFitnessPal or an app called HappyScale. I have personally never used HappyScale, but I've heard good things about it. I like knowing my daily weight to help understand how and what I ate affects me. Like the example above about actual food weight versus caloric weight and the impact it has over the long run. I've even weighed myself before and after going to the bathroom just to understand how that can impact my weight. For me, it helps me feel less threatened by the scale and more empowered by it. 
In upcoming episodes, I will share what I cook and how I cook to make delicious, low-calorie, healthy meals, including Sunday meal prep ideas. But to get started, just remember the basic plan. Calculate your daily calorie needs, the desired calorie deficit you want to hit each day, and log everything you eat. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to you joining me for future episodes of the Parachute Advice Podcast. You can contact me at parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at parachuteadvice. Thank you for listening, and please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.